Hi there, welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who are doing the work. This show is also on YouTube where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, my guest is Dr. Laura Hambly Lovett. She is a business psychologist, thought leader on remote leadership and workplace flexibility, author and speaker. She has founded several psychology practices in Canada, including Work Evolution and Canada Career Counseling. Dr. Laura is currently a partner with Humance, a national consulting firm focused on culture and performance. Hi, Laura, how are you? I'm well, how are you, Andrea? I am good. I'm good. So we're going to talk about HR support for remote or as I'm learning hybrid workplaces. So I'm going to dive in on a really heavy topic already. So what are some of the challenges and solutions to shaping organizational culture in a remote environment? Well, <laughs> I think that it's it's a real opportunity more than a, a challenge. I mean, it, I think if we're talking about 100% remote, it is a challenge, right? Um, and this current pandemic has brought forth all kinds of challenges, but I'd say the opportunities are that in some organizations, it's brought people closer together because they've been through something together. They've had to pivot, they've had to survive, they've had to support one another. Um, so we're seeing examples of that where the teams feel closer than ever, even though they're apart, okay? I'd say the hybrid workplace uh, going forward, which a lot of organizations will hopefully adopt, uh, the organizations will, will need to be really intentional about what elements of their culture from before the pandemic they want to make sure continue, what elements of their culture maybe they want to shed and do something different or become something even better than they were before. So we've been working with organizations on that, on defining the elements of culture to take forward and how to shift and adjust to become more innovative, more connected, et cetera, than ever before, but not requiring everyone to be sitting in an office 40 hours a week to make that happen. So let's talk about engagement. How do you engage employees who are, let's say we're looking forward uh, and we're going to be in a hybrid environment. How do you engage those employees? You essentially have to make sure to do so much more intentionally than you would if they were in the office every day. Uh, so as a leader, I'll talk about leaders um, and HR. Uh, leaders and HR need to be much more um, planful about checking in on people, having huddles, drive-bys, a take five, which means taking five minutes at the beginning of a meeting to ask how the person is doing, mm -hmm. to learn something about the person that you might not have known. Uh, and I think too often when we're on remote meetings, they start late, people arrive late, there might be tech issues logging on, uh, which means that you're often just rushing to get to business and the agenda. Whereas the take five about, okay, how's everyone doing? What's what's one thing that you enjoyed about your weekend? Go, and you, do, you go around the room. Yeah, you're killing the first five minutes, but you're making people feel much more connected and hence engaged. So if people know that they are cared about and appreciated as human beings, they're much more likely to be engaged and feel committed to the organization. Okay, uh, so it seems to me that trust would be a foundational piece of hybrid work. 
What are other elements of the employer-employee relationship that are important to effective hybrid work? Okay, so trust is the foundation. So we do a lot on trust. We assess leaders on their uh, propensity to trust or distrust. We uh, do trust training for leaders and for employees because building trust is absolutely key. But we layer on that other topics too. And that's a very good question. So communication, collaboration, and coordination are the three C's. Mm -hmm. And those are the topics that we tend to see are, are most most foundational to build in an organization when you're working remotely. Um, communication looks and feels different. Col collaboration looks and feels different. And same with coordination. And we're relying on different communications technologies and, and, and ways of getting work done that you need to be much more aware of and, and realize that we didn't learn how to work together in an office environment overnight. It took decades and HR needs to be at the center of this, of bringing in the right development uh, opportunities, not just training, but a, a myriad of different ways of developing this type of remote workplace or hybrid workplace uh, environment that's, that's effective and engaging and productive. So I've worked in environments where management wouldn't trust their employees to work from home. And now all those same companies have been forced to send these untrusted employees home. So what are we learning about um, employee behavior when they're not being watched? Well, we're learning the skeptics were wrong. And we're, we're seeing that in a lot of the data that, wow, I didn't realize my people could be productive from home. And when we track our metrics, we're more productive than ever right? Because we've had to pivot through this pandemic and now our business is stronger because of it. So we're hearing success stories like that. We're, we're hearing that people are performing and productive, but we are hearing that people are feeling overloaded, overworked, Zoom fatigue and burnout. So to, to us, it needs to be a more of a middle ground. We, we got to watch people's overload in all of this, but I'd say the skeptics are wrong that most people can work effectively and efficiently remotely, at least part of the time, okay? Maybe not all of the time. And I think the all or nothing is not the right scenario here, but having a hybrid or a mix, um, it's the organizations that do that, that'll take, it, take advantage of the flexibility as a perk for people. But if you pull all the flexibility away and you say, well, you were able to work that way. And now you're asking to continue working that way some of the time, but uh-uh, yeah, I don't trust you. You're coming back here. They're going to lose that talent because it's the organizations that give flexibility. People will, will flock to. So how have you seen employers effectively manage an employee who's abusing the freedom of working from home and what did they do? Well, I think the word manage is the right word choice. Andrea, because it is, it's about performance management. So when leaders say, I don't trust my people unless they're in the office, then I say, well, you must have some issues with their performance because how do you know that they're working when they're in the office? Are you looking over their shoulder? Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not a micromanager. Well then if you're concerned about issues of trust, that's a bigger and broader concern. And then I always say, well, how do you know if they're performing? How are you tracking? Uh, the deliverables, the KPIs, the metrics, and oftentimes that's the struggle. They don't have appropriate ways of knowing 
when their people perform. And then I say, well, that to me is a really important step here because that's, that's fundamental. Because how are you going to manage performance if you don't know what it is that you're managing toward? Mm -hmm. um, so it just, it opens up a major challenge is that performance management <clears throat> needs a lot of improvement. I know HR has been trying really hard to work on, and I don't think it's just HR. I think it's leaders and managers don't like performance management. It becomes an annual grind that they have to go through, uh, whereas performance management and performance should be just a part of everyday life is giving feedback, right? Constructive and positive. And if you keep that going and you're good at it, then the annual review is just a formality. So yeah, this is a whole broader discussion, isn't it? Yeah. And I did an episode on performance management and uh, he said exactly what you've just said. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, um, you know, in a very related sense, is there anything to add in how HR could support leaders in switching from this focus on measuring input or presence to measuring output? Well, I think HR can help with the skills right? The, the giving and delivering feedback, difficult conversations, those, those skills or bring in the right training to the organization. But it's, it's not just about the skills, it's also about having the right system to track the appropriate performance metrics and the outcomes and the outputs. Because if there's no system or there's no structure around it, well, of course, it's going to be back to, I need to see my people at their desks, then at least I know they're putting in the time right? Um, and they're getting there every day. And someone at a desk is not necessarily working. And even if they look like they're working, they may not be efficient and productive. So presenteeism is a thing of the authoritarian leadership style that needs to be a thing of the past as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I know of a large company that says we're an in-person kind of company and they're going to bring all their employees back to the office at the first opportunity. Do you have any insight into what might be going on there? I've definitely heard and seen these companies, and I've even seen ones that have bring, brought back people too early, right? Like, come on back, right? You know, maybe before some of the people were even comfortable. Yeah. Um, and all of us have a different risk portfolio when it comes to this pandemic. Some of us are whatever, and then others are I cannot risk it. I have like a person in my life who lives with me who could get it and die, right? So we see the whole, you know, different uh, risk portfolio. And I think that's part of caring and understanding what motivates your people and what their needs are, okay? Mm -hmm. But back to the organization that wants to bring everybody back, okay? So we're an in-person kind of organization, okay? great. So what you're not is an organization that um, values flexibility, right? So you're not a flexibility-centered organization. Oh, no, no, we are. To no, you're not, right? Because if you bring everyone in um, nine to five, five days a week, you're not embracing flexibility, just so they need to be clear on that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay if an organization wants to declare themselves uh, bricks and mortar, right? Physical space is important organization. They just need to be clear about that. And certain people will gravitate towards that. And others will say, I'd rather work somewhere that gives me flexibility and trust me, right? Because I, I, again, I want to have somewhere where I can collaborate and go in and, and be with my team. But do I need that 40 hours a week? Do I need 40 hours of collaboration? 
I think not, D again, depending on the job. Mm -hmm. um, but if I can do my focus group work from home, my reports, my heads down, my focus work, and I can save a few hours commuting a week and be able to put a load of laundry in, walk the dog in the middle of the day when it's sunny, that I value that. In general, what competencies or expertise does HR need to develop or foster to move organizations forward in terms of hybrid work? Well, I think uh, uh, working knowledge and understanding the, the evidence and what we know to be true based on, on the evidence, the research, the experience of the pre-COVID, okay? Because the pre-COVID, there's like 15 to 20 years of organizations that were more of the, the cutting edge or the trailblazers, et cetera. Those ones were launching much more intentional, flexible, mobile and hybrid environments. During the pandemic is an interesting time because you have all the other stressors and uncertainty and variables going on. Um, but I think it's important for HR to realize that there is a lot of knowledge base out there, but there's also a lot of flavors of the week stuff. So you got to be discerning because mm -hmm. <laughs> we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of people come out of the woodwork. I can help you with remote leadership. It's like, this is brand new to you. right? Yeah. Um, so you got to be discerning, you got to educate yourself, you got to know when to bring in the right expertise. And there is expertise out there, like work evolution and my company, but you need to just understand and educate yourself on what's needed and then bring it in and then skill up and learn some of the, the differences. Well, what's different between a hybrid and, and a regular leadership development offering right like what are some of the key differences we need to land on yeah. okay final question so um you've been studying this a long time i figure you're gonna have a good answer to this question where is good and well researched not flavor of the month source of best practice around hybrid work i mean anyone can reach out to me of course so work evolution with an oh.com we have a blog and we have a research section years and years of stuff we've been doing um, and then some of the trusted sources. Um, so Global Workforce Analytics or Global Workplace Analytics. It's Kate Lister. We love her stuff. It comes out of the US, but she's been researching and delivering like practical statistics information and, and business cases around this for probably 15 years, 10 years. So the field of organizational psychology, we definitely have an evidence base in this and we apply it to business and to organizations. And I would say our field has been putting out some good stuff. It's just a matter of uh, understanding there's a lot out there and there's going to be a lot of strong opinions, right? There'll be the camp that we need collaboration. We need to be face-to-face -face in order to be innovative. I call BS on that. For sure, um, if you if you think you can only be innovative when you're together, then you're not using the right technologies and tools. Right? <laughs> well, you know those sorts of blanket statements are always a little bit suspect. Exactly, right. But I also, again, I'm not. I, I think the human connection and the human touch and being face to face is very important. I'm not negating that. But again, I've formed relationships. My company got acquired and some of my partners I've never even met face to face, but we've innovated together for mm -hmm. sure. 
Well, thanks, Laura. We've reached the end of this episode. That definitely gave me some insight into practicing HR in a remote environment. Dr. Hamley also has her own podcast called Where Work Meets Life, which exposed me to some useful and thought-provoking ideas. You can find that on her website at drlaura.live or on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.